And um, if you if you would turn with me to the book of of Matthew twenty one and verse thirteen, James chapter four and verse two, and I'll ask you to stand for the reading of the Bible. Matthew twenty one and verse thirteen, we hear Jesus saying, "Thank you." My house shall be called the house of prayer. Oh my, how we have missed the mark. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Now he's quoting Isaiah 56 and verse 7. Now take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 4 and verse 2. James chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, Ye lust and ye have not, ye kill and ye desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Underline the next portion in your Bible. Put stars around it. Ye have not because ye ask not. You have not because you don't pray. I have not because I... I don't ask God for it. Very important. Very important. Put stars around that verse. Let's pray. Father, I sure love you. I thank you for the privilege of being able to stand here in this church, to be able to share my heart, to be able to share your heart, And Father, I pray that the message will go forth into the hearts of the people. Lost people will be saved because of the message today. I sure thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I love love quotes. I love to find good quotes and share them with churches across the country. And um, one, of, one of the great, great preachers of our day, Adrian Rogers, says, Prayer can do anything God can do, and God can do anything. Amen? All right, Tori, the great assistant to D.L. Moody, He says, prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. And I say amen again. C.H. Spurgeon said, the power of prayer can never be overrated. They who cannot serve God by preaching need not regret. If a man can but pray, he can do anything. He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. And then Billy Sunday, the great ball player and the great Presbyterian preacher, said, if you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. And I have to say, Amen again. 
as we look into history, and I, I'm a somewhat a, a history buff, and as I looked into history about prayer some years ago, I ran upon upon a man by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was a great preacher. He was a great prayer warrior. And um, God laid upon his heart to preach one of the greatest messages uh, known to man, and that is the sinners in the hands of the angry God. And um, he stood in the pulpit that night, two men on his side with lanterns, and he held up his sermon, and he read it word for word. But what people don't realize, they talk about the great sermon, but they don't talk about the great prayer time that he put into that sermon. He prayed for weeks before he ever got into the pulpit. To, and, and, and really, really, that's, that should be a good lesson for us preachers. We should pray over our sermons too. Amen. And because we have not, we, we have not because we ask not. And he wanted to see a great awakening in his time, so he asked for it, and God gave him a great awakening. Uh, Jeremiah Lanfear, one of my favorite prayers that I talk about. In Manhattan, New York, he, uh, he said one, one night in a prayer meeting, he said, God has laid upon my heart to, to pray for a million people to get saved in Manhattan. Well, there was only a million people in Manhattan in 1857. And people laughed at him, and people mocked him. And, and it, it was a sad, it's a sad story in a way, but it's a wonderful story because a million people got saved. You know why? Because he had enough faith to ask God for a million people to get saved. And, uh, and I believe if the church would do the same today, we could see greater things from God. And then, then, then we have D.L. Moody and Charles Finney and George Whitfield. And sometimes I get a little tired of talking about those men because we have some of the greatest preachers living today. Today, we have the John Wilkinsons. Amen. We, 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 have, we have a lot of men today that, that praise, that ask God to bless their ministry, where they preach with power. And, uh, and I mentioned some of them also in this uh, message. I, I, but I want you to look at James 4 and verse 2 with me. The most important words there is, ye have not because you ask not. That's a very important, uh, very important uh, statement. Uh, in these meetings, a lot of times pastors or the average Christian will come up to me at the table and they'll ask me questions and, uh, oh my, they break my heart. And uh, here, here are some of the questions that lay people ask Brother Beckham. Why am I not making any progress in my Christian life? And, and I look at them as loving and as humble as I can, with tears in my eyes many times. And I ask, ma'am, sir, 
Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir, Brother Beckham. Sure you can. Are you a praying person? I know you come to church. I know you go out so winning. I know all of that. But do you pray? Amen. And, and they just bow their heads. Just tears my heart out. Then another one come up and they'll say, Brother Beckham, can I talk to you too? I know it's getting late, but I want to talk to you about something. Why do I have so little victory over sin? I can I have victory one day and I'm right back into it the next day. And Brother Beckham, why? And again, with a broken heart, I ask, are you a praying person? Do you have a relationship with God? By the way, that's what prayer is. And um, another one will come and, and say, Brother Beckham, why do I win so few souls to the Lord? I have friends that wins 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 people to the Lord in a week's time. I haven't won anyone to the Lord in months. Why? And again, I ask, sir, ma'am, do you ask God for souls? Amen. Do you fast over souls? You have not because you ask not. And then another one will ask me, why do I grow so slowly into the likeness of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And again, the question, do you pray? Do you have a relationship with the Father? Because if you don't, you're not going to have, you're not going to have these things. And and so, uh, after I get done with the average Christian, the preacher will ask me, we'll be walking around, uh, or we'll be out so we'll be doing something together. And I, he said, Brother Beckham, uh, can I talk to you, sure, preacher? He said, why is it that I see so little fruit in my ministry? Why don't I see fruit? I look, I look at all these mega churches, and I look at all these smaller churches, and, and, and they are just growing and booming, but not in my church. Why? Preacher, do you pray? Do you have a relationship with God? He just bows his head. And then another preacher who asked me, why are there so few conversions in my church? Why does my church grow so slowly? Why are the members of my church so little helped by my ministry and build up so little in other men's ministry? Why, Brother Beckham, why? And again, I have to ask, preacher, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Brother Beckham, you asking preachers if they pray? That's right. Because the average preacher prays 12 minutes a day if he prays at all. In these meetings, I have had pastor after pastor, hundreds of pastors in 21 years to stand before their people and say, Church, forgive me. 
forgive me not, for not being an example to you. Being a man of prayer. Being a man that fasts over you and over the lost. Forgive me. I hear it almost. Almost. Once a month or twice a month, I hear the man of God uh, have to say I'm sorry to his church. And then you have the average church, and um, I'm a blessed man. I get to preach all over the, the world, and uh, I'm blessed. But the average church people will ask me, why is it that the church is making such slow progress in the world today. And so I'm going to ask you, are you a praying people? Are you a praying people? Uh, I hope you are. You have the reputation of being a praying people. A lot of people have the reputation, but is it real in their life? So I want you to look at some verses with me. I want to read James 4 and verse 2 again because it's the, it is the key to what I'm speaking of this morning. You have not because you ask not. Because you pray not. James 4, 2. When we read the book of Acts... I hear, many times I hear people say, Brother Beckham, um, I'm, I'm going to a seminar and I'm going to have to cancel the prayer revival and, uh, uh, but we'll have it next year. And I said, oh, what kind of seminar are you going to? Well, I'm going to learn how to build a church. And I said, are they going to give you a syllabus? Are they going to do anything like that? I don't know. I said, well, if they are, uh, I want you to, I, I would like to report to you, you have the greatest syllabus in the world that you preach out of every Sunday and every Wednesday. It's the book that we call the Bible. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, Let me just give you some scripture here. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Look at it with me. And the Lord added. By the way, if you want to to know how to build a church, read the book of Acts. Amen? And uh, read the Bible. Yeah. And the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved. And I want to report to you that the early church was a praying church. It was a separated church. It was a church full of the Holy Ghost. It was a church that that depended upon God and asked God for what they wanted. So they asked for souls to be saved, and guess what? On a daily basis, there were people saved. Amen. On a daily basis. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, How be it, many of them which heard the word, here they are preaching, here they are believing, and the number of men was about 5,000. 
And and you may say, oh, that's impossible. We can't have 5,000 men get saved in one day. My goodness. Oh, yes, we can. But we can't if we don't ask, if we don't pray, if we don't walk with God, have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and then we will see nothing happen. Look in Acts chapter 5 and verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now the women are getting saved. More likely the children are getting saved. Teenagers are getting saved. Boy, this is a, this is a good report from the book of Acts, isn't it? And then look in Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Even the priests got in. That's a good thing. Look in Acts 2.47 again. And the Lord added to the church daily, day by day, such as should be saved. And then we try to come up with answers why this is not taking place. Other than being our fault for not praying, we come up with this reasoning. A lady said to me, Brother Beckham, you got to understand we are living in the worst time of, of, of any century. We have so much opposition. I just don't know what to do, and I believe the church don't know what to do, and preachers don't know what to do, and missionaries don't know. But that missionary knows what to do. He's in his country. He's praying. He's preaching. Amen. And you heard the report, it works. And, uh, but she said, uh, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I think that uh, the opposition that we face today is no more than child's play uh, compared to the early Christians. And she said, really? I said, really? Really, my dear sister? I said, can I ask you, uh, when was the last time that you saw someone put between two horses and just pull them in two? Oh, I've never seen that. Well, when was the last time that you saw someone put in a pot of oil and cooked? Oh, I've never seen that. That's what I'm saying, dear sister. You need to read the fox... Uh, book of martyrs you need to you need to read it i believe she's reading it but her her outlook will be different when i go back next year i guarantee you uh child's play compared to what they faced back then in that day look with me again in acts chapter 2 and verse 42 And they continued. That's 
the key to growth in a church. That's the key to your spiritual growth as a Christian. They continued. Seems like everybody wants to quit. Seems like everybody wants to throw up their hand. It's not time to throw up our hands. It's time for us to kneel on our knees and, and ask God for what we want. You want souls? Ask God for souls. You want spiritual growth? Ask God for spiritual growth. You want your family saved? Ask God to save your family. Amen? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Yeah, I'm one of those old preachers that believe in doctrine. Yeah, I'm I'm just one of those guys. The apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. I love it. I love fellowship. And but it says and in prayers. And in prayers. But the key to that verse is they continued steadfastly in prayers. Look with me in closing in Acts 6 and verse 4. And I hope that everyone in this room this morning, and when we come back tonight, we'll come back with this attitude. But we will. And we will. That includes Brother Beckham. And we will give ourselves continually to prayer. Paul says pray everywhere. Paul says always pray and not faint. It was Paul that said, hey, you are to pray without ceasing. It just goes along with with this verse. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. Why are we to pray everywhere? Because God is everywhere. You can't go anywhere that God's not there. And by the way, it's rude to walk by someone and not speak to them. I'm a Georgia boy. And when I was a boy, not as much now, but when I was a boy, Georgia people just waved at everybody. and They, they, they were just friendly people. Now I go home and they don't even look at me, you know. But but what if everybody in this room this morning, what if everybody, not 10%, not 15%, but everyone, everyone would make up their mind this morning as the Holy Ghost has given this verse to you, what are you going to do with it? Amen. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to quench the Holy Spirit? Are you going to grieve him? I hope not. Because he might spank you. But listen, how many of us would be willing to raise our hand? Yes, Brother Beckham, I will continue. I'm not going to be a quitter. I'm going to continue 
to have a relationship with God continually. Amen? Let's stand.